Greetings to you this day, which is June 13th, 2018. This is your daily devotional congregation at prayer. Uh, all hymns and liturgy of the recording is taken from Lutheran Service Builder. The translations of scripture are taken from the English Standard Version of the Holy Bible. The hymn of the week, or the catechetical hymn of the week is Lord Jesus Christ, You Have Prepared, Lutheran Service Book 622, uh, and I will be speaking just the first four verses. Lord Jesus Christ, you have prepared this feast for our salvation. It is your body and your blood, and at your invitation. As weary souls with sin oppressed, we come to you for needed rest, for comfort and for pardon. Although you did to heaven ascend, where angel hosts are dwelling, and in your presence they behold your glory all excelling, and though your people shall not see your glory and your majesty till dawns the judgment morning. Yet, Savior, you are not confined to any habitation, but you are present even now here with your congregation. Firm as a rock, this truth shall stand, unmoved by any daring hand or subtle craft and cunning possible. We eat this bread and drink this cup, your precious word believing that your true body and your blood our lips are here receiving. This word remains forever true. All things are possible with you, for you are Lord Almighty. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The, the verse for the week is Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 2. And since it is a psalm, this is chanted. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, but on his law he meditates day and night. The second, second petition of the Lord's Prayer Thy kingdom come. What does this mean? The kingdom of God certainly comes by itself without our prayer, 
but we pray in this petition that it may come to us also. How does God's kingdom come? God's kingdom comes when our Heavenly Father gives us His Holy Spirit, that by His grace we believe His word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. The psalm for the week is Psalm 130, verses 1 through 8. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. <clears throat> the reading for today, the, the main reading, is taken from Mark chapter 8, verses 11 through 21. The Pharisees came and began to argue with Jesus seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Truly I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. And he left them, got into the boat again, and went to the other side. Now they had forgotten to bring bread, and they had only one loaf with them in the, in the boat. And he cautioned them, saying, Watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They said to him, Twelve. And the seven for the four thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, Seven. And he said to them, Do you not yet understand? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So here, so as yesterday we read the, re, the feeding of the 4,000. 
And it was only a few days or some point last week. I can't remember which day it was. If you followed the paper or the Facebook version of Congregation at Prayer, um, we read the feeding of the 5,000. And so here Jesus is starting to wrap those two things together. And a distinction between the feeding of the 4,000 and the feeding of the 5,000 that admittedly I did not bring up because I I'll admit I didn't really pick it up, uh, but this is one of those reasons why it's good for me to read commentaries from time to time. And the key difference is, is that in the feeding of the 5,000, he is feeding primarily the Jews. In the feeding of the 4,000, is he's primarily feeding the Gentiles. And that's where the numbers of the basketfuls, they are important. This is in here... Jesus is highlighting it. So he's asking, how many did you have left? This is not just him saying, do you guys not realize it could feed you? I mean, yes, he is saying that. But there is more going on here. So the 12, so the 12, what's, what does 12 represent? And so in the feeding of the 5,000, he feeds them with five loaves of bread and two fish, right? So the five loaves. What does the five loaves represent? Well, the five loaves are perceived to represent the Torah, or the Pentateuch, the five books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, right? So those are, that's what the five loaves of seed is perceiving. The twelve baskets is to represent the twelve tribes of Israel. And so... It is a very Jewish symbolism. And then the feeding of the 4,000, there are seven baskets, there's seven baskets, and there's seven remaining. Which, by the way, again, reading in my commentary, seven baskets, in case you don't know, it is a lot. Each basketful could contain five, no, it was 50 loaves of bread. So these are, um, Gentile baskets. These are ones that are specific to the gent Gentilian culture, uh, to the culture that he's feeding. And so that's like 350 loaves of bread. But anyways, so the seven loaves. So why seven? Well, the only thing that I could think of, and this is, and the commentary verified what I thought, was um, the seven loaves very likely speaks to the seven days of creation. Well, six days God created everything on the seventh day he rested. But basically, there are seven days of the week. Seven is the number of completeness. And this is the scene, is the fact that you have the feeding of the 4,000 and the feeding of the 5,000 with the close proximity to one another. And this is in both Mark and Matthew. But they're both there in close proximity. And one... The basket numbers, the, the numbers of food very heavily point to the Jewish culture. Here, this is feet pointing to all of creation. And so it's almost like it's saying that, it's almost like it's a, a reminder that the nation of Israel is not just one people. It's not just you. It's the entire nations. Now, and this is kind of actually gives a little bit of credence 
to one of the final verses to the the Gospel of Mark, which is, go into all the world and preach the Gospel. Now, I will acknowledge that there's a very good possibility Mark didn't write that. That's dealing with the uh, manuscriptal situation of Mark. And I'm not going to go too much into that now. Uh, maybe, I don't know if the readings will go that far into Mark. If it does, I'll talk about it then. But either way, there's this broad view, this broad picture of... It actually was a reading a couple of weeks ago. But anyways, this is the reminder that the gospel was not just for the Jews. Jesus did not just come for one culture. He came for every. In, in our culture, where I think this is so valuable, is, you know, here, I, I'm in Ida Grove, Iowa, and about 30 miles from here is a place known as Mission Central. It's just outside of Mapleton, Iowa. And the thing is, is that it's, it's an incredible, Incredible work that goes on out there. and But here's the thing. is As a pastor, a lot of times we will hear people talk about, say this, say, you know, we need to worry less about missions to the outside world. We need to worry less about those other countries and worry more about getting missionaries here. I mean, there are so many people that are unbelieving in our area and so many people who are not in church, we need to worry more about, more about that and less about those people overseas. And to which there's two problems with that logic. The problem is, one, is that when we say something like that, we are almost, we're exclusionary. We're denying what Jesus is communicating in this text, is that he fed he, he was feeding these people not just bread, but with his word. He fed them with the, the bread that is his word and the bread, physical bread, to both Jews and Gentiles, knowing the completeness. That's why seven is reminding that his kingdom, the mission, isn't complete until we're preaching to all of creation, not just to our local people, not just to our to the people that are in our culture, but to everyone, the completeness, the Jews and Gentiles. And so we're not doing what Jesus commanded. And we're also ignoring, and we're also kind of saying, when we say that we don't need to worry about missions to other peoples, we're in essence saying is that they just could go to hell because without the gospel, there is no salvation. So a refusal to tell the salvation the good news of Jesus Christ to people in other lands is us saying we just would rather they go to hell than inconvenience us. But there's also the fact that the person that says that, says we don't need to worry about missionaries overseas, we need missionaries here, doesn't realize that they themselves are a missionary. When you become a bearer of the gospel, when you become a Christian, when you become when you are claimed by Jesus through the waters of baptism, when you become a Christian, you become a missionary. 
a missionary to your neighbors, to your friends, to your co-workers, to your friends, whoever. You are a witness. You are a missionary of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the thing is that we as the church are to be about reaching to all the world, preaching the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he suffered and died on the cross for their sins, rose from the dead, guaranteeing that on account of that forgiveness that we have eternal life. That is to be our message to all the world. Jesus' name, amen. The secondary reading for this day is taken from Proverbs chapter 13, verses 1 through 25, where it writes, A wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. From the fruit of his mouth a man eats what is good, but the desire of the treacherous is for violence. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. The righteous hates falsehood, but the wicked brings shame and disgrace. Righteousness guards him whose way is blameless, but sin overthrows the wicked. One pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. The ransom of a man's life is his wealth, but a poor man hears no threat. The light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked will be put out. By insolence comes nothing but strife. But with those who take advice is wisdom. Wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Whoever despises the word brings destruction on himself, but he who reveres the commandment will be rewarded. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. Good sense wins favor, but the way of the treacherous is their ruin. Every prudent man acts with knowledge, but a fool flaunts his folly. A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful envoy brings healing. Poverty and disgrace come to him who ignores instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is honored. A desire fulfilled is sweet to the soul, but to turn away from evil is an abomination to fools. Whoever walks with the wise is becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Disaster pursues sinners, but the righteous are rewarded with good. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. But the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. The fallow ground of the poor would yield much food, but it is swept away through injustice. Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. The righteous has enough to satisfy his appetite, but the belly of the wicked suffers want.
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As part of this daily devotional, I will be doing some type of a catechetical reading. So some, so like yesterday, the catechetical reading was a reading about the Council of Nicaea. Today, we are going to read Article 1 of the Augsburg Confession Concerning God. And I am using the translation from www.bookofconcord.org because this translation is in common domain. So it writes, Our churches with common consent do teach that the decree of the Council of Nicaea concerning the unity of the divine essence is concerning the three persons is true and to believe without any doubting. That is to say, there is one divine essence which is called and which is God, eternal, without body, without parts of infinite power, wisdom and, a good, and goodness, the maker and preserver of all things, visible and invisible. Yet there are three persons of the same essence and power, who also are co-eternal, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And the term person they use as the fathers have used it, to signify not a part or quality in another, but that which subsists of itself. They condemn all heresies which have sprung up against this article, as the Manichaeans who assume two principles, one good and the other evil. Also the Valentinians, the Arians, Eunomians, Mohammedans, and all such. They condemn also the Samosatians, old and new, who Tending that there is but one person, sophistically and piously argue that the Word and the Holy Ghost are not distinct persons, but that the Word signifies a spoken word, and Spirit signifies motion created in things. This is the reading from the Augsburg Confession. As a note, I am not going to do any commentary on that, because I, and I know that there's a lot to be... Um, worked on from what you just heard, but I am just simply reading it. Um, so, <clears throat> let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, your Son Jesus Christ triumphed over the prince of demons and freed us from the bondage to sin. Help us to stand firm against every assault of Satan and enable us always to do your will through Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. The hymn of the week is... Hymn 668 of Lutheran Service Book, Rise to Arms with Prayer Employ You. I am going to attempt to sing this, so I apologize if the tune isn't quite right. Rise to arms. 
Christians, lest the foe destroy you, for Satan has designed your fall. Wield God's word, the weapon glorious, against all foes be thus victorious. For God protects you from them all. Fear not the hordes of hell. Here is Emmanuel. Hail the Savior. The strong foes yield to Christ the shield. And we the victors hold the field. Cast afar this world's vain pleasure, And boldly strive for heavenly treasure, Be steadfast in the Saviour's might. Trust the Lord who stands beside you, for Jesus from all harm will hide you. By faith you conquer in the fight. Take courage with his soul. Look forward to the goal. Joy awaits you. The race well run. Your long war won. Your cry shines splendid as the sun. Wisely fight. For time is fleeting, the hours of grace are fast retreating. Short, short is this earthly way. When the Lord the dead will waken, and sinners all by fear are shaken. The saints with joy will greet that day. Praise God, our triumphs sure. We need not long endure. Scorn and trial, our Savior King, his own will bring to that great glory which we sing. Thank you and God bless. This is a recording of the Congregation at Prayer Daily Devotional Podcast. I am Pastor Neil Wemus and I of Saint in St. Paul Luther Church in Ida Grove, Iowa. I pray this was a blessing to you. All liturgy and hymnody has been taken from Luther's service book, and the scripture readings have been used from the English Standard Version of the Holy Bible. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.